last series. Here we go. Multiply. Welcome back to Relentless Pursuit. We are so thankful and happy for you to be joining us. We can't wait to dive into the new series, Multiplication, Multiply. And I hope you guys like it. Let me know. Matthew 28, 19, it says, Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And I want I wanted to start off with that message because it says, Go and make disciples of all nations. There is a there is a going that comes with serving God in Christianity. And so we went through salvation. We went through being established. We went through discipleship. But now what? Now God has never called us to be still in, in the sense of where we are stagnant in our faith. There always has to be a consistent growth in him. There always has to be a stretching. There always has to be movement in in our, our our spirituality. Now, he may physically be telling us to be still, but in the spirit, he always wants us to pursue after him. There's a reason why when we went, or when the, not we, if I was there, that would have been cool. But no, and during Pentecost, there's a reason why Jesus told the disciples or, or the, for the 500 at that time to go to Jerusalem and just wait. That was there being still. But where were they when we see him next? We see them pursuing God in the upper room and tongues of fire fall on him. And so when God calls us to be still, we have to always continue to pursue him. There's no there's no stopping of that. But what's next is that when all the tongues of fire came down and they were speaking in a other language or heavenly language, what happened? Then Peter rose up from that, the 120 that were in the upper room, and he preached this message that then saved 3,000 people. So we see that God always calls us after discipleship to multiply. And so that's the series that we're in, multiplication, multiply, multiply. And so we have to go into all nations, all all countries, all blocks, all cities, all cultures, and preach this word that is untainted, uncompromised, and full of the Spirit. And so we are then being discipled, raised up. We have our foundation. We have the the the, the structure. We are ready to, to put in the, the congregation, but we need to be the fishers of men that God has made us. And so there there comes a call over our life that we need to answer, and that is to go out and make disciples. Go out and multiply. The thing about multiply is that we are called by God in Genesis. And even I would even say our first primary goal is to be fruitful and multiply. That is what Jesus or God spoke to us in Genesis one twenty six, maybe, maybe two seven. I don't remember. Um, anyways, Jesus or God spoke to us, which is the same. So I guess I can say Jesus. Whatever. Anyways, my point is, is that He spoke to us, and His first command was to be fruitful and multiply. We have to be fruitful and multiply. Not necessarily, you know, going doing certain deed and multiplying yourself in that direction or that you know way physically but multiplying ourselves spiritually. Now, how do we multiply ourselves spiritually? We make disciples. Discipling, as we talked about last time, it's not 
it's not necessarily, you know, preaching a sermon to someone or teaching them the Bible. It's building up a relation as a father-son figure. And so that the father and the son type or mother-daughter type, the son would then be like the father. And so we have this 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 um, series of multiply, and that's because we need to come out from discipleship and now disciple ourselves. Not in the sense where we are being discipled by ourselves, but we have to disciple people. And so we, the thing about this is that, the thing about Christ is that he discipled his 12. And what did his 12 do? Minus Judas, who backstabbed in the way Jesus, his 12 did miracles themselves. His 12 then became, a lot became missionaries, a lot became pastors. We see his 12, Peter primarily um, being the, the, a lot of people believe he's the cornerstone of our faith other, outside of Jesus. Um, we see John, who who brought us revelation. We see, uh, you know, James, the the brothers of thunder, him and John. We 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 have these these opportunities in these in these people. Matthew, who was a tax collector, who turned to disciple, who, which Matthew's like a perfect example of from saved to multiplica- multiplier. He then wrote the the book of Matthew to the Jewish people who hate him. And so sometimes God will have this calling over our lives to multiply and not we not understand the weight that comes with the multiplication. And so there's a this portion of scripture which is something that speaks to me so much is it's in Mark 5 and I don't have it on my notes but Mark 5 actually let's go there. Let's go there. I don't want to botch this. It talks about the demon possessed man and how Mark 5, demon-possessed man that's in the gatherings. Oh, too far. One, two. So it says, Then they came to the other side of the sea, to the country of the gatherings. And when he had came out of the boat, immediately there met him out of the tombs, a man with an unclean spirit who had him his who had his dwelling among the tombs. And no one could bind him not even with chains because he had often been bound with shackles and chains and the chains had been pulled apart by him and the shackles broken in pieces. Neither could anyone tame him and always night and day he was in the mountains and in the tombs crying out and cutting himself with stones. When he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and worshiped him and he cried out with a loud voice and said, what have I to do with you, Jesus, son of the most high God? I implore you by God that you do not torment me. For he for he had said to him, come out of that man, unclean spirit. Then he asked him, what is your name? And he answered, saying, my name is Legion, for we are many. And so there's this man that is being demon possessed. He has this legion of demons with, if you don't know, a legion most theologians believe that it's 6,000, 6, around 6,000. So 6,000 demons in this man. And he's being tormented. And who knows how long he's been in these gatherings, which is the tombs, this is the burial grounds. And so he's living amongst the dead. Now, this is a type and shadow of something else if you want to catch it. He's living amongst the dead. And he's being bound by these people because 
they don't know what to do with him. They don't want to kill him. They don't want to. They don't want to out or cast him out. They don't want to help him. But they're cool with just binding him and him living with dead people. But I'm not going to go to those people. And so he's just he's being tormented. He's suffering. And what happens? Jesus crosses the boat and he comes to him. He comes for him. And many of us can identify as as this man. We were broken, living in dead areas of our life, living in trials of our life, living in in these situations of our life that we not allowed, we didn't allow to to the healing process to go through. We didn't allow ourselves to be, you know, positive in the situation, faith-filled in the situation. We didn't allow ourselves to have a positive outlook. But what we did allow ourselves is to torment ourselves, break the bondages so we can be bound again, to live in the dead areas of our life. And the thing that Jesus did, he said, who are you? He said, I am legion. We are many. And Jesus casted them out. They went into pigs and went into the water. But the crazy part of this is that they went into these pigs and the people that were in the city of Decapolis, we didn't read where it was, but that's where it was, came out to Jesus and were like, get out of here. We don't want you here. And you got to you gotta ask yourself, like, why? Why would they kick out Jesus for some pigs? Well, the pigs, depending on what you believe, I, I believe that these people were Jews. Or or if not Jews, then, Jew, then a little bit of Samaritans. Jews mixed with Gentiles. And the pigs were unclean animals. And so this these demons went into these pigs because they were exposing the 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 uncleanliness that these people allowed in their life. And they killed it. And we all know that people don't like their their sins exposed. But let's let's go back to this man who was living in the in the gatherings. He, he humbled himself to come to Jesus. Jesus casted out these demons and went into the place or into the pigs, left, killed the pigs, got killed. People casted him out, casted Jesus out. And then two chapters later in Mark chapter seven, it talks about these people in Decapolis coming to Jesus, begging for him to heal this blind man, I believe. Now the very same people the very same people who kicked Jesus out are the people who came to Jesus and asked for a miracle. Now, how do you get to that point? And that's that's the crazy part is how do you get to that point where you your heart's changed so much that you're willing to accept the help that only Jesus can provide instead of casting him out or rejecting him or removing him? There was this man that was demon-possessed. He had a legion of demons in him, and he wanted to follow Jesus. And Jesus said, no, you can't follow me right now. But what you can do is go talk to the people in the cities and tell them about what happened here today. Tell them about your bondages. Tell them about your testimony and how I freed you. Go tell them. Go tell your family. Go tell the people around you. Go tell your neighbors. And then we see the transformation in two chapters later. That's multiplication. He was saved and discipled and established in very short period of time because Jesus showed him his life. Nothing else mattered. Just to go multiply. 
Have you heard? Have you heard there is a savior? Have you heard? Have you heard there's somebody that that cleansed me? Have you heard that I was bound, but now I'm free? Have you heard I was lost, but now I see? Have you heard that there is someone that can take care of who you are? He won't judge you, but he'll help you. He won't tear you down, but he'll build you up. He won't break you, but he'll restore you. That's the story of multiplication. You are multiplying those people who were lost into salvation, and then they start the process. Save, establish, disciple, multiply. Then the next people, save, establish, establish, disciple, multiply. And then boom, it's a cycle, and it's growing, and it's growing, and it's growing. Because let's say I take on two disciples. If I take on two disciples, then those two disciples will have two more disciples. Two disciples of themselves. And then their two disciples will then be four disciples in total. will have two disciples of themselves. So their four turns into two, four, six, eight. We'll go with that. And their eight turns into 16. Their 16 turns into 32. That's multiplication. And it's so easy. If you just get one, teach them about everything you know, disciple them up, raise them up. And now what's your job? Go out, make, do what I did for you, for someone else. That's why in the Bible it says, uh, Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. Follow me. As I follow Christ, not saying don't follow Christ, but because I try to emulate my life so much like Christ that if you follow me, you'll encounter Christ. And so then I speak to the leaders, the ones that need to be that need to multiply. Are you multiplying? Are you raising up? Are you pouring into? Or for the, for even at that, are you living a lifestyle that you would want somebody to to Follow. If you were to have an exact twin replicate everything, your deepest, darkest secrets, your 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 hidden sins, your your even your greatest blessing, every single thing of your life be copied into some other person, are they a good Christian? Are they a Christian that you want multiplied? And if you're gonna say no. And if that Christian is not who they should be, then you have some correcting to change in your life because there is a reason why you are now in this season of multiplication. And so you have to multiply. You have to multiply. You have to multiply. There's a, there's a, I think it's a parable that Jesus used. He said, when I cast out, when you cast out a demon and he leaves and then he returns with seven seven demons stronger than him if nobody's there where where are the christians that get mad about that that there's nothing there when after that demon flees and do the very same thing that when someone falls or or gets hurt or 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 stumbles in their walk with god that oh you've been oppressed by demons where are the seven christians stronger where are the seven you know people that are willing to come back and say, no, you're not going to run away and do the very same tactic that the enemy believes that they, they can, they can do 
Where are the Christians that are getting violent with their faith instead of allowing themselves to just be complacent with where they are and comfortable where they are and, and, and wanting, having that hunger for souls and people that are lost because they were broken, that they themselves have their own testimony of the times that they didn't have the peace, the joy, the love, the compassion, the kindness, the gentleness, the generosity that they have now in, in, the, in, in their life, but they don't want to spread it with others. When our whole goal, Jesus, the reason Jesus came down is because he loved the whole world. The whole world, not meaning just the church, not just his bride. Yes, he's going to be coming back for his bride, the second coming, but it's our job to enlarge that bride. She got to gain some weight. I know all brides try to lose weight. My, trust me, my fiance is on, a, on making me diet with her. God. Let me tell you, I love food, but whatever. I ain't going to get in that. Anyways, we got to get this bride some weight. We need to enlarge God's kingdom because there are going to be people. And and, and I don't want to touch this too much because it's not necessarily what I want to talk about. But I don't want to touch this too much. But hell is real. There's going to be fire, a lake of fire. There's going to be demons that torment you. There's going to be worms that eat your flesh every single day. You'll be given a new body and a body that cannot be killed, but it'll be broken. You you won't have the muscles or strength to walk, to move. This is scriptural. But we are okay with just seeing a person passing by each and every day without spreading a good news, a gospel, that there is a man named Jesus that saves you because he was he is God. He put off his divinity and came down and wore flesh and he dwelt among us, but he raised back up and now he advocates for us on our behalf and he intercedes for us on our behalf to the Father. And now we have the Holy Spirit who is the, the advocate in our life and dwells within us. And we have to understand that there is a spiritual aspect to this. And if Jesus didn't go then the Holy Spirit wouldn't have came. If we don't go, then the kingdom won't be enlarged. If we don't go into making... uh, This is the great commission. The great commission is to go into all the nations making disciples. Jesus' first first instruction to Peter is, follow me so I can make you a fisher of men. Leaders, where are your followers? Leaders, where you're the people you're multiplying. Leaders, where you're, you're the people that you're, you're you're bringing to Christ. Leaders, where you know well, the Bible says this, 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 and that, and they're so caught up with preaching, and teaching, and 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 the 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 serving aspect of it, but they're not willing to be used to multiply the kingdom of God. There are going to be people that are very active. In ministry, but not make kingdom of heaven. Very active in the, the the greeting team, the usher team, or 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 you know whatever, but not make it to the kingdom of heaven. And that's the sad part. But I don't want to touch too much on the on the heaviness. But I, I want to leave you guys with one more thing. One more thing. The Israelites outnumbered the Egyptians. But because they were trained to live a life of slavery, 
they never accessed their freedom on their own. But when one raised up named Moses obeyed and listened to God, he stirred in the Israelites a spirit of freedom. He went to Moses, empowered with the Holy Spirit. And if you don't believe me, then don't believe me. But I know a man who's empowered with the Holy Spirit can go to a, a pharaoh who leads the strongest army and not have the Holy Spirit. I'm sorry. But he had the Holy Spirit. But whatever. Who had the Holy Spirit saying, let my people go in the boldness and courage. Then after that, with the ten plagues. I'm sorry, but if Pharaoh's son just died because he didn't do something and you go after him while he's mourning and say, let my people go while he's mourning. If I was Pharaoh, again, Pharaoh's not saved. But if I was him, not saved, I would have cut off Moses' head right there. My son just died. and You're going to dare to ask me this request? But Moses led his God or led the children of Israel out of captivity and eventually to the gates of the promised land. And we have to have this mentality too. That we are willing to be obedient to God. We are willing to be obedient to God. That we can be used by God. And lead his people out to the promised land. Jesus carried a cross. So that we didn't have to. We need to carry our cross. So others can experience and encounter the same joy, freedom that we have. Thank you. Thank you for joining this week's episode of Relentless Pursuit. Make sure you like, share, follow, subscribe, all our social media platforms. We'll see you next week.